0: Do. This is a podcast about the books that you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. And I don't know if anybody's been meaning to read this week's book, but we have for a couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's another Choose Your Own Adventure episode, kids and adults. It's called Space Vampire, and it's by Edward Packard. <laughs> choose Your Own Adventure book 71. This is our fourth Choose Your Own Adventure show we did. um, Jiminy Rock was the first one. That was a good one. And then You Are a Monster. An okay one, I would say. And then Secret of the Ninja, which I felt felt like I was learning the whole time. Like I was learning. They they were way too specific about all the ninja facts.
0: Yeah, I feel like... I think we did an okay episode with Secret of the Ninja. I think
1: we did a good episode, but the, the book itself was a little... It's a little little dense. Now, Space Vampire, I assume, will also be rooted firmly in science.
0: (laughs) You can tell by the name, quite honestly.
1: I have the the special book fair edition of Space Vampire. I do not.
0: But what I do have is a used copy where one of the corners is already folded. Someone from 10 years ago saved this page because they wanted to come back to it and now that person's gone they're a space vampire now
1: or like maybe they just don't have the book anymore
0: andrew would you like to start the book (laughs) (laughs) so
1: for, for for those of you who want like our normal like telling you stuff about the book series thing go back and listen to the chimney rock episode um we talked about how these two guys edward packard and uh what was the other guy R. A. Montgomery. R. A. Montgomery, you got it in one. Good job. Um, these two guys wrote a bunch of these Choose Your Own Adventure books for kids. Um, and the the company that currently owns the rights is called Choose Co, which is still it's the best, still a good fact, it's still a good company the name, best name ever. Uh, the inside of this book, uh, says kids can't stop reading the Choose Your Own Adventure stories. Uh choose your own adventure is the best thing that has come along since books themselves, says Alicia Bayer, age eleven. Um it's I love good the endorsement. Con- I love the control I have over what happens next, says a seventeen year old. <laughs> Which is just kind of it makes me think like what don't they have control over that they need they need choose your own adventure to her hormones. Oh yeah, I guess. <laughs>
0: Andrew, my book also has someone's name written in it. What's the name? Matt Kidd. Kid with two what D's. Do we, Matt, what if do we you're know out about there. Matt Kidd. Well, we know that he bookmarked page 11. <laughs> That's what we know about him. Man, jeez. I
1: wonder if that means it was a good ending or if it's a bad ending or what. I don't know. Okay, so uh, Choose Your Own Adventure. Of course, the illustrations are always good. The the one inside the cover on this one is some weird, like, bat boy vampire. (laughs) Um, Craig, do you want to read the warning to to get us started, or should I?
0: I'll read the warning. All right. So all of these books open up with a warning. And should we say, we didn't really say, we're doing this, it's a bonus episode. It's summer, summertime, reading fun. Thanks to our Patreon donors, we're doing extra episodes, so we decided to do this one. Yeah, right. Good
1: job, guys. <laughs> Good you, job. Ma- you made this happen. You chose this adventure.
0: You brought this on yourself. <laughs> uh, so, warning, do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you may have when a space vampire invades the solar system <laughs> from t- time as you read along you will be asked to make decisions and choices your choices may lead to success or disaster what's the difference between a decision and a choice the time you take to make it okay great what's the sound of one choice being made (laughs) Uh, Keep keep it rolling the adventures you have will be the result of your own choices after you make a choice follow the instructions to see what happens You next caution the space vampire has extraordinary (laughs) powers and a terrifying appetite. Good luck! Already, I'm gonna be disappointed if there is more than one space vampire. They have kind of sold this as like a space vampire's coming. The space vampire. space vampire, yeah. If yeah. there are more than one, if we go back to the home planet and meet, like, mom space vampire, I'm going to be real disappointed.
1: What if we get turned into a space vampire? Okay, Which I think is a yeah. distinct
0: possibility. That he might be the last space vampire. It's like Doctor Who, really. Which He's- would kind
1: of make it no- his quest kind of nobly sad. <laughs> Man, what, what kids do you think didn't read the warning and just read the book all the way through from beginning to end and just had no idea what was happening and they never read again
0: this book doesn't make any sense
1: this book is not for kids who can't read can't follow
0: directions (laughs) wait did you say this book is not for kids who can't read i tried but okay cool Alright. Do you want to hit me with page one? I can hit you with page one. Perhaps the a little description of the image that's on page one. Uh
1: there is a picture of a space boy sitting. <laughs> like there's a window and you can see space out of it, but he's sitting on some kind of yoga mat with some shades on and he's listening to some tunes. And he's got his cutoff jorts on. You can clearly see that they're cut off jorts. That is correct. And a Hawaiian shirt that's tucked into his shorts. So, like that—that that says I'm ready to party, but let's not get too crazy. <laughs> all right. <I> can't. <laughs> it's like Page the,
0: it's one. Like the nerdiest weekend at Bernie's is going on right now.
1: <laughs> Page one. Basking under the imitation sun, listening to tapes of surf on a Hawaiian beach, you think about all you've been through lately training in the asteroid belt, then the slalom race. Slalom. It's an Olympic sport. Come on. I know what it is. Slalom. (laughs) Around Saturn, weaving through its high-velocity rings, and finally surviving with no equipment, nothing but a light gravity spacesuit during three-week trials on Jupiter's largest moon. Four years at the Space Academy, and you've made it. You'll graduate tomorrow, and if you did well on the quantum mechanics exam, you'll be at the top of your class. After centuries of strife, the planets of the solar system united and formed a space force (laughs) to protect themselves against alien intruders. Although Earth is still the most important planet, of course. course, Earth privilege. The the Academy is stationed in high orbit around Mars, delicately balanced so as to be able to blast off with almost no drag in the event of attack. It's been known for millennia that the canopians have been preparing for war that they will be satisfied with nothing less than the con- conquest of the united planets so far they have not dared to attack it will be your job to make sure they never do you step out of the simulator and head back to your room on the inner ring of the giant space station that houses the academy uh turn to page 39 so w-
0: already this is this, yeah. that was a big like lore dump
1: <laughs> right at the beginning <laughs> of this book
0: yeah that's a lot of i don't feel like we have witnessed Such world building, all at once in a choose your own adventure. Right, because the other
1: ones have been like in our world, except there's like a crazy chimney house with vampires or not vampires, mummies in it.
0: Yes, or you know, you're a kid and then you're a you are a must. (laughs) Or (laughs) you know, you're a kid and then you get teleported back in time. So already. This book is asking a lot of me to picture myself as a kid in space. So who are we?
1: We've spent four years at the Space Academy. None of, that, uh, none of those two-year space community college programs for us. Yes. Precisely. Uh, we're at the top of our class, and we are part of the Space Force that will keep the Canopians from attacking the United Planets, of which Earth is the best one still.
0: <laughs> Clearly. But we get, we were like Mars, it's fine, you can like have the Space Academy. You can have it's our Space fine. Academy, whatever. All right. Okay.
1: Page thirty nine. Wow, it
0: doesn't go to page I'm two to right go. away. What happens oh. on page two? We're not allowed to know.
1: Page thirty nine tells, tells us to turn back to page two. Oh, so.
0: come on. <laughs> go for it. You've hardly walked in the door when a beeper sounds from the black box mounted on your small titanium disc. You grab a communicator and answer with your code name. Osprey here. <laughs> You're a space boy. That's your that's your voice, right?
1: No, I mean the code name. The I guess if you want to have that voice, that's fine. Oh, I don't too. know. I
0: don't know. We'll see. Code 11, director's office. Will go. You click out and hurry out the door. <laughs> What's going on? Code 11 means drop everything. You're needed at once by the director of the academy. Why is that code 11? Code 11 goes means go right to the president. what's
1: code one like code one is someone threw up in the hallway and they need someone to clean it
0: up uh code 10 is your dad's taking care of it code 11 is go to the director uh that would (laughs) code 12 is eat your
1: vegetables it's a weird code i don't know
0: space force needs to figure out their priorities uh Here we go. That would be odd under any circumstances. Why now? Just when you're about to board the shuttle for Earth. You hurtle through a gravity chute and jog along the ring corridor. Security waves you through without even asking for hologram display. This must be urgent. I like that when it's more urgent, they relax the security requirements. Yeah, that seems like, <laughs> that seems like the TSA. That's exactly right, I'm what gonna, happens.
1: I'm going to stop interrupting you now. It's
0: okay. We're having a good time. A sliding yeah. panel opens and you enter the director's outer office. The panel closes behind you. You're alone in a large room lighted by the incandescent surface of the ceiling. You stand still as electronic waves scan your body for weapons. Even your brain waves are being measured... <laughs> If they showed a suspicious pattern, you would be hustled away within seconds. But this does not happen. Instead, a wall swings open and you pass into the cheerful, warmly furnished study of the director. This is your first close-up look at Jason Neff. A gray-haired man with a finely trimmed beard and blue eyes, he taps a wooden pipe in an ashtray and walks around the desk to shake your hand. Turn to page two, Andrew.
1: Page two. So we've settled on like a squeaky voice teen thing yeah. for the main character. Sure. So what should we do
0: for What should we do for Neff?
1: What's his name?
0: J- Jason Neff. What Jason a, what Nef. an unimposing and imposing name at was. <laughs> <what? Yes. laughs> Sit down, Osprey. <laughs> I'm glad you could get here so quickly. Neff
1: points a finger at you as if he's about to accuse you of something. Then a smile breaks out on his face. I'm happy to tell you that you're first in the graduating class. You've been given an elite rating. Wow, thank you, is all you can blurt out. <laughs> Suddenly, the smile vanishes from Ness's face. But remember, you will be expected to live up to your elite tra- rating every day. His voice is stern, because of course it is. We have a problem, <laughs> and we need the best young officer we can get. We thought our defenses were secure, but the United Planets are in grave danger. What's the problem, sir? Is it the Kenobians? Though his study is soundproof, the director glances around as if afraid he might be overheard. Have you ever heard of space vampires? (laughs) (laughs) Sir, are you serious? I thought they were only a legend. Neff shakes his head. If only they were legendary. The reason vampires are rare on Earth is that they must be in their coffins by daybreak or they die. That is a considerable inconvenience to them. Doesn't that make them easy to deal with, sir? Go on to the next page. Go for you, it. Want, you want me to take it? Yeah, I do. Right.
0: Can we talk about I like the <laughs>
1: vampires are rare on Earth, but they are not
0: totally wiped out. I like how four to five hundred years in the future, the director of Space Academy is like, "Yeah, there's totally vampires on Earth. Dracula is super apparently,
1: real." Apparently, in four years at Space Academy, that like you you skipped Space Vampire class. <laughs>
0: Also, what kind of school is it that if you are at the top, you're called elite? In today's schools, everyone is elite. You know what I mean? Everyone gets yeah, first place that for means, trying.
1: That means nobody's elite. I watched The Incredibles. I know. I know what they said.
0: There's a apparently there's a libertarian reading of The Incredibles. Are you prepared for that? What like a the... super like you know, do unto yourself as you are able to. Kind of.
1: I mean, I guess I. The lesson in The Incredibles is always kind of run me a weird way, anyway, because it's it's like not everybody's special, which is yeah. I mean, like like that's probably the reality of the universe. But do you, <laughs> like is do you want to tell eleven year olds about that?
0: Yeah, it's know. a it's a weird thing. Yeah, yeah, the quote unquote normie is the bad guy. That's an interesting,
1: yeah. Stupid muggles. All
0: right. The director removes his spectacles and rubs his eyes before replying, no, in all other respects, (laughs) vampires are almost superhuman. They're tremendously strong and clever and almost indestructible. Their only weakness is that they cannot survive bright sunshine. What about... Man, I, I'm I lost. So glad it. You picked what this about place? outer space beyond Earth's orbit when the sun is not so bright? I'm, what's like a Jimmy Stewart thing happening? Uh, the director nods. <laughs> That's the problem, exactly. He motions. <laughs> he motions towards a large star chart mounted on the wall. Outside the orbit of Earth, vampires are almost invulnerable, and we've recently learned that a vampire from a distant planet is at large in the solar system. Last week, he got aboard the transport ship Petya, which is en route from Callisto to Earth. He's been killing the passengers at a rapid rate, at least one every night, and no one has done anything about it. Yeah,
1: it's only you, the not-yet-matriculated student of Space Academy, that can solve this mystery.
0: How did how did this kid graduate with honors, like elite cum laude from Space Academy, <laughs> and he's never heard of space vampires, and this guy, Jason here, is telling him that this kid is the one. Neo.
1: He's the Neo of, the Neo.
0: of space vampire. <laughs> All right, Andrew, turn to page 13.
1: Neph leans closer. His face pales as he adds, We think this vampire was sent to the solar system to sample human blood. It's evident he likes it. If we don't capture him before he returns to his own planet, we may face a massive invasion of vampires. You start to speak, but the director silences you with his outstretched hand. We're sending our new X-2 probe craft to deal with this threat. Space launch tomorrow
0: at 0700. Space launch? Like, as opposed to just a launch? This is a this is a world where people <laughs> live in space for hundreds of years and they still eat like space cookies.
1: They spend space money
0: on space pants. Check out this to, space ice
1: cream. The space bar. Have you? Which listened- is actually a pretty good name for a bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm offering you a berth on this mission. I can't tell you more about it now. You'll be briefed on board the X2. You lean against Neff's antique oak desk, too stunned to reply. Go on to the next page.
0: Okay they whoa. Whoa. <laughs> this page is mostly images. It's mostly a uh like a illustration. And mm-hmm. Neff is awesome looking. I don't it's like they dressed up George R. R. Martin in clothes from Battlestar Galactica. And he's holding a and he's, pipe backwards. But he's got like backwards. a Dumbledore
1: kind of vibe going on too.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. He's got a bunch of space diagrams on the wall, and a video phone, and, and a little tray of cocaine on his desk. Yeah, with like a money pouch or something, <laughs> and space just some money. empty manila yeah. folder. <laughs>
1: okay, I'll I'll read the
0: rest. I'll read this one paragraph. Okay, on this thank you.
1: Will you accept this assignment? He asks. If not, you'll be assigned on the mission to Barnard's Star to see whether its main planet is suitable for colonization. All right. So if you want to go on the mission to deal with the space vampire, the titular space vampire, go to page 31. If you go on the boring mission to <laughs> Barnard's Star, going to, to page Star. 9. Now, I to can page... Sto- I can stop editorializing if you want, but it's pretty clear what way I think we should...
0: I think we need to go f- see that space vampire. I got to see right, about page... a space vampire.
1: Page 31.
0: On your way Warriors. to board the X-2, the next morning you stop by the kitchen for an early breakfast. Maurice, the head cook, hands you a packet of garlic cloves. The meals on space missions are not as good as those you've had here at the Academy, he says. Add oh, some man. of this garlic to your food whenever you want to improve its taste. You pocket the garlic and thank Maurice. Two hours right, later. So
1: in our inventory, we have garlic. Just okay. remember, You acquired garlic.
0: Uh 2 hours later the X2 blasts off. You're on board along with Captain Rick Field, Serena Fine navigator, and Jack Smythe communicator. That is not. <laughs> that's a tricky list to read. <laughs> they really formatted it poorly. Yeah. yeah. Uh as soon as the ship is clear the asteroid belt, Captain Field assembles the crew for a briefing. Field looks closely at each of you. Man, there's so many voices. Um try one that's easy. <laughs> We're facing an enemy that is far more dangerous than common aliens. Some of our top scientists have been working... He's a little nervous. Some of our top scientists have been working for years trying to figure out the best method for capturing a space vampire. We have special Kirlian sensors aboard that can detect his presence, but that alone is not enough. We must work as a team and... rattle alert. The computer's voice sounds throughout the ship. Canopian attack craft closing in at zero. 040655 field looks at you if you ever want to take command of a starship you'll have to convince me that you know what to do you're on the spot and you feel the pressure but that's the space force way <laughs> The Space Force way is just to throw an
1: 18-year-old in, like, head first. The Space to Force way is,
0: you failed the Kobayashi Maru, now you're in charge of all space <laughs> vampire attacks. Also, I think maybe their motto is just feel the pressure. Welcome to Space Force, feel the pressure. <laughs> Andrew, if you say, let's fight, turn to page 12. If you say, let's see if we can outrun them, turn to page 20. Why would you fight. say... Any of these things, there's a captain fight, fight, on board. Fight. Okay. Fight! 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 Page twelve. Turn to page twelve.
1: Bracing state. Wait, what did you do for the? It was just like a slow thing.
0: Yeah, do your normal voice, but kind of slow and nervous.
1: Bracing stations. The captain calls out nervously, I guess, <laughs> then to the computer, Hyper Three. <laughs> Suddenly, you realize that Captain Field isn't taking your advice, which is great because we are—we don't know anything about anything. But there's no time to ask him to explain his thinking. If you're not in acceleration braces within 3.4 seconds, you'll have no chance of surviving the X2's leap to meta speed. Wait. Later, later, in the limitless void of space, the captain explains, "You've proven your bravery, Osprey, but not your intelligence." When you advised me to fight the Canopians, you forgot that we're on a critical mission. We can't delay it for a shootout with trigger-happy aliens. He pats your shoulder. Sorry, Osprey. My name's Tom. Stop calling me Osprey. <laughs> Three days later, you find yourself shooting pool at the officer's club on Demos Base 3 while you wait for reassignment. Because apparently they after you made that dumb call, they kicked you off the ship. <laughs> get off this ship. This kid's making terrible calls. You're making terrible shots because you're fighting mad. Sure, you knew the rule. If you want to keep an elite rating, you have to be perfect. You made a mistake, and now you'll probably be given some boring job on a patrol ship. If only you could prove your worth. You weren't first in your class for nothing. You feel sure you can get that vampire, but how? (laughs) You quit the game and stroll around the base, walking unhindered past several security eyes. Though you've been stripped of your elite rating, the information hasn't filtered through the system. As far as the computer eyes are concerned, you still have top-secret clearance. So somebody just didn't update the database, and yeah. now I can get it anywhere. The space, right, turn
0: to page, the space okay. database.
1: <laughs> turn to page, space eighteen.
0: Okay, on page space eighteen, there is an image of the kid in some sort of cockpit, and there appear to be two with men, like a Grinch face. Yeah, and there appear to be two men fighting with vacuum cleaners in the background. I'm not I sure. Think they're
1: f- I think they're fixing a ship
0: really looks like they're fighting I don't think
1: they're <laughs> fighting with vacuum cleaner all right page 18
0: ahead of you is a small hangar its door is open revealing the newest experimental craft in the space force the k1 you studied the sim <sighs> yeah what no nothing okay. just k1 yeah well steak sauce yeah <laughs> You studied the simulated model your last year in the academy and wrote your graduation thesis on this craft. The K-1 in the hangar is the only model yet built and it's still being tested. You know all about it, its capabilities, equipment, limitations, everything. If there ever was a chance to prove your worth, to show that you can capture the space vampire, this is it. You walk up to the craft. Two workmen are nearby, repairing meteor damage on another ship, but they pay no attention to you. You were right, Andrew. There's no need for them to worry that you might not be on official business. The computer eyes would never fail to spot an intruder, so they think. (laughs) Man, this is... uh, This This
1: universe is so screwed up. Like, you're an elite, but you made one bad decision, so instead of learning from your mistakes, you just get reassigned to another dumber mission.
0: And then get all, like angry about it, so then you go and steal top-secret stuff.
1: There's no such thing as on-the-job training. It's just you better show up on day one knowing everything, (laughs) or you're done.
0: Feeling so. feeling as if you were in a dream you climb into the cockpit and settle in the pilot seat the incredibly complex array of controls and instruments is exactly as you remembered in the simulator you can't just you just can't believe your good luck there's no doubt in your mind that this is the most advanced spacecraft in the galaxy and you're seated at the controls Andrew if you decide to quote borrow and quote the K1 and set out on your own private space mission to capture the p- space vampire Turn to page seven. <laughs> if you decide to play it safe and follow the rules, turn to page 25.
1: Steal it. Steal it.
0: Yeah, this is it. like, it is, I remember in earlier books, we if you want to
1: do, if you want to do the thing that it says on the cover that you're supposed to do, turn to this page.
0: Yeah, it's none of these are like, if you want to play by the rules, but later you will totally meet a space vampire, don't worry about it. That would be one thing. If you want to
1: Shanghai an experimental aircraft and chase after him yourself, like Han Solo, then turn to page seven.
0: Yeah. okay. Turn to page seven to be Han Solo. Go ahead, Andrew. All right.
1: Sophisticated as the K-1 is, its beautifully designed servo computer makes the ship relatively easy to fly, at least for someone who has mastered its technical aspects. After a few moments thought, you're able to remember the code sequence that brings the ship under your control. Glancing through the canopy, you notice that the workmen are staring at you. It's beginning to dawn on them that you have no business sitting oh, at no. the controls of the most advanced fighter in the solar system. Suddenly, one of them is running toward a control panel. You know that in a moment, a heavy steel door will crash shut and an ion force field will surround your craft. 683381R. You punch in the emergency takeoff code. Microseconds after you hit the Come last on. key. The K1 leaps forward. You're out of the hangar. The craft is tilting into launch aspect. You hear a siren. The guard robots are in the air. What's wrong? Why isn't the computer launching your craft? There they are, a guard craft swooping towards you. Then you remember, you must press the confirm launch key. But where is it? There. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who knows if that's who's even talking. Turn to
1: page 26. Okay, here we go. God, you remember the code, but you don't remember to press the take ship off. You're an an elite student,
0: Andrew. Come on.
1: This is dumb. This universe is dumb. I don't buy any of this.
0: Instantly, you feel the tremendous acceleration of the K-1 lifting off. You black out. When you wake up, you're in deep space. (laughs) By the optical distortion of nearby constellations, you can tell you're traveling at meta speed. You don't know whether you were pursued by attack craft, but you're now worried they couldn't come close to catching the K-1. Computer, display basic data, you command. That is the most underwhelming voice command. Display basic data? Just I hate basic data. The following information I'm always
1: appears... Oh, these telling you stuff about pumpkin spice lattes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the following information appears instantly on the screen. Course forty-eight <laughs> twenty-two sixteen Speed... C times the square root of negative five. (laughs) (laughs) What? Fuel reserve three days. At your command, the computer locates the Petya. Set intersect course, you command. You wonder if the Space Force command will guess your intentions and try to intercept you. No matter. The K-1 can evade any attack force. At least that's what the flight manual says. You have gone full Maverick. You yeah. s- screw this entire space force. I'm stealing this thing and I'm killing that vampire. You'll for you'll like reward me later. I bet. I hope.
1: Yeah. No. This is like criminally insane Batman <laughs> villain esque behavior.
0: I'm doing good. We, we
1: still think we're the good guy, but clearly we have gone rogue and we're... we cannot be trusted.
0: G- go to page forty eight. If you were the space vampire all along, is really. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, I bet that ending is in here, though.
0: Uh, Andrew, turn to page 30 when you're ready. All right. Here we go. All right. Uh, after
1: preparing a meal from the craft's k- kitchen era,
0: <laughs>
1: the kitchen era, you asked the computer to advise you on how to fight a space vampire. <laughs>
0: the search takes several Okay, Google, minutes. how do I fight a space
1: vampire? Siri, Siri. <laughs> Help me with the space vampire. You look
0: like you're trying to fight a space vampire. How can I help? Oh no, Clippy.
1: (laughs) I can't believe I stole the ship with Clippy. All right. Finally, the answer appears on the screen. Space vampires. These creatures can be killed only by sunlight stronger than that at midday on Mars. Weapons are useless against them. The only way they can be captured is with an M30 force field generator, FFG. Approach a space vampire with extreme caution and preferably with at least one backup. They have almost superhuman strength. They are extremely clever and persuasive. Man, space vampires got mad charisma modifiers, I think.
0: They must win so many board games. They're so clever. What is that about? I don't know.
1: You check your equipment inventory. There are two M30FFGs aboard. What a spacecraft. (laughs) But maybe you should contact your friend Steve who's stationed at Delta Base and try to get him to back you up. Alright, if you proceed directly to intercept the Petcha, turn to page six. If you try to get Delta Base Steve to turn to join you as a backup first, turn to page 35.
0: This is the first legitimately difficult decision. Why do I have a friend named Steve who works at Delta Base? <laughs>
1: Does Steve not know that you are wanted in like three systems at this point? Well, I
0: didn't. I didn't update. I didn't check in on space Facebook. Spacebook. Space. To say, <laughs> I was on a rogue mission in space, so who? Steve doesn't know what's going on.
1: All right, proceed directly <sighs> to intercept page six. If you try to get Steve to join you, page
0: thirty-five. I I do not know what to do, Andrew. I
1: I. I think, this is just my advice, I think we should try and get Space Base Steve. Okay. If only because I want to meet Space Steve. Okay. Everything else in this book has a stupid name, but Steve is just Steve.
0: What are these? Yeah, it's like the Canolians and the the Rhubarbs and... And your kitchen era. <laughs> Captain Jason and Space Base Steve are just hanging out. Come on.
1: I can't wait to meet, like... Chad Spaceman, <laughs> or whatever his name is. All right, let's keep our let's keep our thumbs in, on, on page 30, though. Okay. That's the first time I felt like we've needed to do that. Okay. And so far, we've tried to fight aliens and stolen a ship.
0: So we're going to page 35?
1: We are, yes.
0: All right, there's another illustration. There are a bunch of spaceships in the sky. You slide into orbit around T-443, a useless asteroid not far from the delta base where Steve Winters is stationed. Steve was one of the top pilots in your class. He just missed getting an elite rating himself. The two of you vowed to keep in touch and even developed a secret code so you could communicate with each other without being overheard by SF Intelligence. You were planning all along to go rogue. (laughs) Osprey? Weird espionage mission. Andrew, let's develop a secret code so that if we ever want to go rogue on the internet, Obama won't know.
1: It just sounds like we're forming a terrorist cell, which is oh, what no. Osprey
0: and which is what Osprey and Steve are up to. Steve Winters. You beam Steve a message <laughs> explaining the situation and ask him to meet you at Point Alpha. Three thousand km... mm.
1: kilometers. I
0: I didn't take that word at face value because I thought it was at space value. Three hundred thousand <laughs> kilometers. Uh, from asteroid M33 You'll be well positioned to intercept the Pecha there Within minutes he radios back I'm sick of patrol duty <laughs> I want action Wait for me at point alpha three hours later you break out of hyperspace and decelerate Steve
1: winters played by owen wilson
0: wait i was thought we were at meta speed i just broke out of hyperspace and decelerate as you approach point alpha well we had slid into orbit around t433 a useless
1: asteroid not far from the (laughs) delta base so
0: try and keep up okay uh oh no ahead of you are six space force attack ships surrender at once the voice message, confirmed by your computer as an official Space Force command, drowns out every other sound. You know Steve would never betray you. SF Intelligence must have cracked your code. Now you're <laughs> up. Was it just like Eve stay eat me may at the Ace Point A? Like <laughs> yeah. good code, guys. Or, um, or like
1: Steve, meet me at the Seven Eleven with the debit card. <laughs>
0: They mean T-44, T-443, T useless asteroid, not far from Delta Base. Uh, <laughs> okay. Now you're up against it. You have the hottest spacecraft in the solar system, but you Ugh. seem completely boxed in. I hope and pray this ain't no baitcraft. Andrew, <laughs> if you surrender, turn to page 43. If you try to escape, turn to 27. If you try to think of something else to do, turn to page 71.
1: So, so far, I've been playing Osprey as kind of an impulsive, roguish character. I don't think chaotic, chaotic good, maybe like at best. I don't (laughs) think that
0: you've just been playing him that he has got nothing but that on his record right now.
1: Uh, Um, do we want to put our thumb in this page now instead of page 30? All right. Um, Our three mulligan rule, right? Yeah. I want to try and think of something else to do. Let's turn to page 71. 71. All right. And our our fingers are in page 35. Okay. There's only one thing you can think of, a ploy that's about as wild as trying to cross the ocean on a windsurfer. You bolt on your spacesuit and grab an emergency pack. You have one minute to surrender. The commander's voice sounds in your ears. You punch in 10-second delay, order the K-1 to blast into hyper mode, and hit the emergency ejection switch. G-forces black you out. Then you're aware of tumbling in space. You can see the K-1 trembling, trapped in a force field. The Space Force attack ships close in on it, but no one sees you drifting through space. With a fully equipped Mark III spacesuit, you can survive for at least seven days before oxygen and water are exhausted, and your jetpack can take you six million miles in that time. That's a lot. Wait, do we, do we measure in kilometers or in miles in this universe? It's
0: whatever is useful. <laughs> I think
1: every, every other planet is kilometers, but Earth is still
0: using the Imperial Space system. feet. That's what We use space feet now.
1: Uh, But the odds against your reaching a planet or space station are well
0: astronomical. Oh, gotcha! Oh, snap! Ed Packard.
1: Uh, You do know of something close by? The transport ship Petcha should be passing nearby within hours. You train your pocket scope at the thousands of points of light along the west axis of the sun. Most of them are stars, but one of them showing a showing strong relative motion is asteroid M thirty three. There's a faint dot of light near it. Could it be the Petcha in synchronous orbit around the asteroid? You have little doubt the vampire has taken control of the ship. He may have decided to hide it there after spotting the Space Force fleet. Neither the asteroid nor the vampire ship are appealing destinations, but you have nowhere else to go. You jet toward M33 flying on Hope. Turn to page 104.
0: So this is just gravity with a vampire now. This is what's Mm -hmm. happening. Okay. Uh, 104. 104. Okay. Two days have passed. Alone in a spacesuit with a jetpack on your back, traveling at twenty-two hundred miles per hour, you feel as if you're absolutely motionless. Even with all your training, you're not prepared for the eeriness, the loneliness, and the stark, strange beauty of drifting alone in space. You sleep. You dream. You sip vitamin-enriched, orange-flavored water, and every few hours, you take a bearing on M thirty-three.
1: So you're just sipping Sunny
0: D out of your spacesuit. <laughs> no, none of this purple stuff in space. Vitamin enriched orange flavored water. It's Tang, really. Uh, oh, it
1: could be Tang. Yeah.
0: Three days have passed. Everything is the same except you're feeling weaker from lack of solid food. Five days, the asteroid is growing brighter. Uh-oh. Through the Questar scope, you can make out its potato-like shape. <laughs> then your heart skips a beat. The tiny light next to it has taken on an elongated shape. It's almost certainly the Petya. Seven days. Your food supply is almost gone. And more important, so is your oxygen supply. There's only a slight chance that there's a galactic patrol station on M33. Yet if you board the Petra, you could be walking into the arms and teeth of the space vampire. Andrew, if you jet toward the asteroid M33, turn to page 21. If you jet towards the Petya, turn to page 40. Petya. I've lost the page we were holding earlier.
1: 35. I've still got it. Okay. What's the point of landing on an asteroid, you think? You'd probably die of oxygen starvation. Even if you were rescued, you'd have to face a long prison term.
0: <laughs> now you start thinking through the ramifications of what happened.
1: <laughs> what have I done? I've thrown it all away. <laughs> no, the only chance of saving yourself is to find and conquer the space vampire. Man, you've got some serious delusion going on. You land gently against the petcha, a 200-foot-long, cigar-shaped transport ship. You open the hatch with a laser torch, even though you know you might trigger the internal security alarm. You float in and shut the hatch behind you. You're now in an airlock. When the pressure equalizes, you'll be able to enter the ship itself. The airflow ceases, and you open the interior door and make your way along a well-lighted corridor. You read the signs on various doors, main computers, inertial guidance, escape capsule. You stop. You'd better examine the escape capsule. You might need it. You open the door, pull out your mini light, and grope your way toward the capsule, a pear-shaped vehicle about the size of a sports car. (laughs) Suddenly, a force presses against your shoulder. A teenage girl is holding a knife at your throat. Turn to page 57. Will it be? Prepare your preparable voice for
0: this. (laughs) Wait! You cry. The girl pulls back. You're not a vampire. I thought everyone else was dead. I came from space.
1: (laughs) Can you not be any more specific at all?
0: Wait, I want. I'm gonna say this whole sentence, and I want you to just remember it for all time, out of context. Okay. I came from space. I'm with the <laughs> space force, searching for the vampire. But I had to abandon my craft.
1: Man, that just speaks to your the totality of your delusion at this point. Like you're not with space force anymore. It
0: wasn't his craft either. Ugh. The girl flashes a light on your face. You let her look at you for a few moments, realizing that your story is not an easy one to believe. She places her mouth almost to your ear. We must be very quiet. He may already have heard us. My name is Lori. What's yours? Call me Osprey, you answer. (laughs) Where are the other colonists? All dead, I believe, Lori answers. I've seen him stuff bodies into the waste tube and blast them into space. I'm the only one who's been able to keep out of sight. Where's the vampire? Tell me all you know about him, you say. (laughs) Laurie rests a hand on your shoulder as if to reassure you. He looks like an ordinary man, except he is very powerful looking. (laughs) His skin is white as milk. His hair is black and shiny and looks as if it's made of metal wires. And his mouth is cruel. His lips have a rubbery look. You might almost think he was human until he laughs. Until you see his long curved teeth like a wolf's. Laurie buries her head in her hands for a moment. Andrew turned to page four.
1: He looks like an ordinary man except for all this stuff that doesn't look ordinary at all. Uh Uh-oh. A space vampire appears in the illustration on this page. I think I know what's going to happen. You open the hatch of the escape capsule and peer inside. Have you tried to escape in this capsule? You ask. It looks as if it's ready to fly. She shakes her head. I know where the control lock is, but I haven't dared to go near it. I'm afraid he'll be waiting for me. Lori! You lay a hand on her arm. We've got to think fast. Your new friend bites her lip. She nods and smiles a little. What does the vamp... Wait, who is this who's talking? (laughs) I don't know what does the vampire plan to do now that he's killed everyone suddenly you feel a presence in the chamber i plan to make you vampires no a a deep hollow voice fills the room a pale metallic light comes on as weak and pale as the waning moon blocking the exit is a large square-shouldered man dressed in the uniform of a space force commander His face is deathly white, his mouth is stretched into a malevolent smile, his upper lip bulges where his teeth press against it, and you see those teeth, curved like the blade of a scimitar, as a horrible laugh escapes his lips. Lori gasps. She huddles behind you as you desperately try to think what to do. If you push Lori into the escape capsule, jump in behind her and try to blast your way through the emergency hatch, turn to page 42. If you face the vampire and try to outwit him, turn to page 32. I'm
0: planning to try and outwit the space vampire. I feel like we want to tangle with him, Page but I—I I need you to do your space vampire voice again.
1: So, okay, it's—it's it's kind of like a Ray Romano kind of thing, like. Uh, I plan
0: to make you vampires, okay.
1: Debra, I'm a space vampire.
0: <laughs> I like to blast
1: bodies out of the tubes. Okay, <laughs> that'll work. All right, are you on page 33? I am.
0: The the vampire. Oh, he's just a vampire. The vampire vampire. steps closer. Don't harm us and we'll help you, you say, stalling for time. The space force is on the way. They'll blow you into atoms. The vampire laughs cruelly. Of course. Wait, what was it? Uh, Of course (laughs) I want you to help me. That is why I let you come aboard this ship, and you shall help me by becoming vampires yourselves. (laughs) You cup your hand (laughs) around Laurie's ear. Can he? Can he really do that? Laurie is shivering with fear. He can do it, she says. He'll suck out half your blood and inject half of his own. Saying that, that was a little space, Steve. Sorry. It's a little, yeah. Saying this is more than Lori can bear. She steps aside and lets out a wail. The vampire moves slowly toward you. His watery eyes fixed on yours. <laughs> Wait, why is he crying? It's just the air <laughs> is really so dry beautiful. on the spaceship. <laughs> Wait, you raise your hand, desperate to say anything to stop his advance. But what can you do? You know the vampire is almost supernatural power. There's almost no way that you can defeat him. Andrew, you try to convince the vampire that you can be more useful to him if he doesn't make you a vampire. Turn to page 72. If you fire the last remaining jet of your spacesuit at him, turn to page 17.
1: Whew, that's a rough one, right?
0: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I, I heard that the only thing that you could use to defeat him was those mff force fields and we left those on our spaceship that we left in space we did,
1: that we left in space stupidly um let's try to let's try to keep smooth talking him let's turn to page 72
0: okay
1: I'm gonna put I've got my thumb in 35 if we need to go way back but I'm also putting it in 32
0: okay
1: I don't know how what we're I, I think we're just going to keep reading until we've been doing it for a little over an hour. I think
0: that's a good Well, strategy. we haven't hit an ending yet. This has no, gone a yet. long time, actually. I'm
1: surprised that as rash as Quail is, or whatever his name is, Quentin <laughs> <No>. Osprey, <laughs> I'm surprised that we are not dead.
0: We should have died. I dro- You drop out of meta speed and fly into an ice cream volcano, you're dead. Like... <laughs> <laughs> That's the type of book that is happening. Uh, Yeah, I'm very surprised that we are still here. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm reading. Look, you plead. (laughs) We're aware of your
1: power. We realize we have no choice but to do what you want us to do. But before you kill us or turn us into vampires, consider this. There are things we humans can do for you. Things you would like to do but can't. Like what? (laughs) The vampire stops (laughs) in his tracks. Well... You stretch out the word as you try to think of what to say. (laughs) You can't be around during daytime on Earth. Yeah, we can. So we can do things for you while you have to be in your coffin. The vampire laughs a cruel laugh. His lip curls slightly on one side as if he's about to bare his teeth. You dare not turn your head or even remove your eyes from the vampire's evil gaze. But Out of the corner of your eye, you can see Laurie quiet as a cat slipping out of the chamber. The vampire is crouching before you like a hungry leopard, a leopard that will spring at you the moment you fail to distract him. Turn to page 81. (laughs) Oh, man, I wish everybody could see the picture that I'm seeing right now. The vampire looks like he's dressed like, like Michael
0: Jackson Uh uh-huh it's the it's moonwalk he's just flying weird like
1: dressing like napoleon era michael jackson
0: i can guard your coffin you say loudly i can find victims for you and track them and then when you come out at night i'll lead you to him you'll be the greatest vampire of all you'll never have to hide in space you blurt out the words as fast as they come to your mind all the while wondering what laurie is doing and suddenly you realize she must be going to the controls that open the hatch to the escape capsule. In a flash, you snap your space helmet and lock it fast. The vampire charges. At the same time, the hatch slides open. In a screaming rush of air, you and the vampire are sucked into the eternal blackness of space. You glimpse his tumbling form. His pale face is frozen into a look of horror. His body is almost rigid, almost instantly frozen in the near absolute zero temperature of space. You watch him drift out of sight and into oblivion forever, you hope. We got him. I think we
1: got him. We Even iced th- him. Our spacesuit is supposed to be almost out of oxygen, right? Like,
0: Yeah, we're not going to make it very far.
1: Okay. Turn to page 105. Okay. Whew. All right. With your spacesuit equipped to supply sufficient warmth and oxygen for seven days, again, did we recharge at some point? Good work. Uh, You're safe for the moment, but you're trapped, floating helplessly in space. You know Lori will try to rescue you. The odds are against her succeeding, but you've already seen how resourceful she is. Maybe you'll get out of this alive. Maybe. The days go by. Your oxygen supply is almost exhausted. Occasionally, you catch sight of a moving point of light, the Petya, searching for you. Your spacesuit gives off only a very weak radar reflection. You struggle to keep up your hopes, but you know your chances of being rescued are slipping away. Then you shout for joy. So loudly, your voice hurts your ears echoing inside your helmet. The Petya is heading towards you. Lori has found you. The end. So I think we can still assume that we are facing a court-martial for all oh the stuff that God. we We are did. facing
0: an elite-level <laughs> court-martial for all of our elite crimes like, stealing that space, well, telling that captain to do a dumb thing, and then leaving an unfinished pool game, Crime 2, and then stealing that ship. Crime 3, and then and then evading arrest. And I leaving super, yeah, that's 4, and then leaving super secret spaceship in space, that's 5.
1: Well, Space Force got that, though. They had they tractor-beamed it, I think.
0: Okay, fair enough.
1: So they recovered their stolen ship. That's how law works, right? Like if they get their stuff back, you didn't technically <laughs> You're good. steal anything,
0: right? Like, I stole it, but I like I put it back.
1: So it's you know, near boys will be where boys. I found it.
0: Boys will be boys. <laughs> space boys will be space boys.
1: They will be space boys. All right, what do we what do we want to do? Do we wanna go all the way back to thirty five where we were still in our super ship? Um I think
0: I wanna hit like, I don't know. I kinda of wanna keep fighting that vampire.
1: But maybe we, maybe we take another route to the vampire. I kind of wanted to meet. I wanted to see more of Space Steve. Okay. Yeah. I don't know how much more of our Ray Romano vampire voice we can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm going to suck your blood. Bro. Yeah, it's like Ray Romano and Homsar. <laughs> from HomestarRunner.com. Like, Home a, Star Runner. I like com.
0: a little bit of one of the henchmen from... Uh... From the Venture Brothers, right? From runners, the Venture Yes.
1: Right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. You want to go back to 35? Yeah. Okay. Right. I don't remember Taking, who, who read
0: this one. I don't remember either. All right. So we tried. Okay. So I, you made so the choice. So just
1: summarize this. Um, we have slid into orbit around T-43, oh, a God. useless asteroid not far from the Delta base. You'll remember. Uh, this is when we were trying to contact our friend Steve Winters. <laughs> Um, who is sick of patrol duty and wants action who is just he's just as roguish as you um, and you are surrounded by six space force attack ships that are demanding you surrender so if you surrender turn to page 43 if you try to escape turn to 27 Um, if you try to think of something else to do turn to page 71 and that's the option we picked last time and the thing that you think of to do is jet off into space by yourself in your spacesuit so
0: i think we're gonna surrender i think we're gonna be able to talk our way out of this
1: All right, so page 43.
0: You want to read this one? guess so. All right. You know when the game is up. I surrender, you signal. At your court, martial. you (laughs) state your only defense that you were trying to catch the space vampire.
1: Oh, my God, this is the best line.
0: I'm sorry for what I did, you add. That's a weak defense, the judge says. (laughs) He is a white-haired, retired space ace.
1: This is the the color text. You don't have to do the Batman voice for it.
0: He is a white-haired, retired (laughs) space ace with steel gray eyes. He has a reputation for being kindly in manner, but strict in his judgments. You committed a very serious crime, he says, but your loyalty to the United Planets was never in doubt and you proved yourself to be one of the most outstanding pilots in the force. It's too bad you won't be able to demonstrate your skills for a while. I'm sentencing you to a month's imprisonment on Uranus. The judge bangs the gavel on his desk. Everyone rises as he leaves the room. For a moment, you feel a sense of relief. You were afraid of receiving a much longer sentence. Then you remember that a month on Uranus lasts seven Earth years. The end.
1: Womp womp. Womp womp. Your loyalty to the United Planets was never in doubt,
0: even as you
1: stole our property <laughs> and went rogue. All right, we want to go back one more time, see what the other see what the other choices.
0: Yeah, I guess so. I feel like we didn't we didn't do, like play with as many versions of reality this time, but I mean, we
1: could go further back. We could go back to the uh, that first decision where we tried to gun down that ship and they were like, kiddo, you made a dumb call. <laughs> Oh, can we go back to there? Um, okay, it's page 31. So, all right, to to transport you back in time. Uh, we are on board the X-2. Um, cap. We had got that garlic from Maurice. Remember, we got that. Um, didn't come into the story, which I was kind of disappointed by. Um. All right, we're on board with Captain Rick Field, Serena Fine, Navigator, and Jack Smythe, Communicator. Um, Nervous Captain, Captain Rick, yep. Right, Nervous Captain Rick Field has has convened us for a meeting, and then there's a Canopian attack craft that's closing in at 40 and Field looks at you and asks what you want to do. So if you say, let's fight, turn to page 12, that's what we did. If you say, let's see if we can outrun them, turn to page 20.
0: All right, you go ahead, Andrew. Turn to page 20. Take it away.
1: Wise decision, Osprey. We have a more important mission, the captain says. Hyperstations. <laughs> you move to the braces. Almost instantly, you black out as the X2 shifts into hyper mode. <laughs> All when you, you do to- <laughs> is black out in this book. <laughs> You're always going into hyper meta speed <laughs> mode. God. When you come to, you're cruising at negative acceleration. What? So so deceleration, closing in on the Petya. As you approach the hapless transport, the captain assembles the crew in the control room. He flicks a switch on the small control panel on the side of the conference table. The room darkens, and on the four-foot square screen, an image of a Class C space transport appears. Then you hear the recently recorded message. Oh, man. Voices, what haven't we done yet? This is the Petcha. Now en route to Earth from base 10. Passengers and crew have been dying, always at night. Their shriveled bodies are found in the morning, emptied of blood. (laughs) (laughs) The image disappears from the screen and the captain flicks on a light. Man, Jack, maybe we should fire a laser burst at the Petcha, Jack suggests. (laughs) And blow up the few surviving passengers. Field returns, his eyebrows raised. Surely someone has a better idea than that. He looks directly at you. Oh, man, Rickfield. Knowing full well that you don't have a better idea than that.
0: Oh, man, Rickfield. What do I do, Andrew? All
1: right, if you suggest boarding the Petio while it's still in space, turn to page 37. If you suggest waiting until the Petio lands on Earth, turn to page 16.
0: I kind of want to go to Earth in this weird universe. How do you feel?
1: Well, we're waiting for the Petio to land on Earth. Oh, but if it lands on Earth, then the space vampire is going to be on Earth, and who knows where he'll go?
0: Well, he can't go anywhere during the sunlight. He'll just be
1: a—he'll just be a regular. Vampire. He'll just be a regular.
0: Okay, I want to turn him into a regular vampire. Let's go to page sixteen.
1: <laughs> okay. I think at this point we'll just go until we hit another ending.
0: Yeah. I like that idea, the captain says, though it's somewhat dangerous. <laughs> you and him are on the same page, Andrew. If the space vampire ever gets loose on Earth, he could kill thousands of people before he's caught. During the next few days, the X-2 tracks Petya as it journeys towards Earth. You and your crewmates watch with fascination as the ill-fated transport sets down at Lockmore Space Base near Joplin, Missouri. Minutes afterwards, the X-2 lands nearby. No radio contact has been made with the Petya for several days, yet it made a precise landing. Someone is on board, and there is little doubt it's the vampire. (laughs) Vampires are notoriously good pilots. (laughs) (laughs) By the time you step out of the X-2, Space Force Troops Under Commander Richard Freyberg have already surrounded the Petya. Freyberg's plan is simple. Search and assault. Turn to page 24, Andrew.
1: Okay. Um, At high noon, Freyberg gives the order to board the ship. You and the other members of the X-2 crew join the assault team. In your hand is an M-33 sensor. With you is Jack Smythe. Holding a force field generator (FFG) in his hand, the hatch shuts behind you. Your team spreads out through the ship, searching the control rooms, sleeping quarters, storage banks, propulsion rooms, com- commissary, and workout room. Workout room. You and- yeah, they've got a blink fitness on board. This oh, th- man, this stupid spaceship. You and Jack walk past the refrigeration unit. The lighting is poor. There is no noise anywhere. It's like in being in a ghost ship. Jack looks nervously at your sensor. Did we have a voice for Jack already? I
0: think you did it like a chapter or two ago. What did I do? It was something like this, I
1: think. I don't know. That sounds more like Stoner Steve. I'm just going to say I'm just his voice will be my voice. You're sure that thing works? You nod. How about yours? He you gesture toward his FFG. <laughs> Jack's finger is on the trigger. You bet. The two of you continue on walking through the food storage units past shelves stacked with enough concentrates for a three-year trip through space. Turn to page 56.
0: Got to get some of them sweet, sweet concentrates. The sun is setting. Five hours have passed and no sign of the vampire has been found. According to plan, everyone meets in the main salon at 1,700 hours.
1: To get their nails done. Yep. And a
0: quick haircut. Yep, and a mani-pedi. Uh, Commander Freyberg is waiting there when you arrive. He looks nervous and tired. "'Well,' he begins, when all but a couple of stragglers have assembled, "'we know the vampire's aboard. We're just going to have to search harder.'" "'I think we should suspend the search until tomorrow,' Captain Field says. "'Our crew is tired, and it would be safer to wait until morning.'" Freyberg scowls. "'I'm not sure we should. What do you say, Osprey?' random I know I'm the commanding the,
1: oh I, know, I know I'm the commanding officer here but what do you think recent graduate Oh jeez
0: uh, If you recommend continuing the search through the night turn to page 50 Andrew. if you recommend waiting till morning turn to page 66
1: We got to keep searching through the night so he doesn't slip out under cover of darkness He might
0: come get us Yep
1: Right Let's continue the search you say We've got to find that vampire <laughs> All right, Captain Field says, since you feel so strongly, you can come with the team searching into the main propulsion room. I think that's where the action will be. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's always possible a vampire has changed his hiding place while we've been meeting, Jack says. Indeed it is, Field agrees, but we'll find him. Together with Captain Field and Jim Enright, a skinny toe-headed corporal carrying an extra high-powered sensor you feel your way along the narrow corridor leading back to the main propulsion room step by step you move pausing whenever you approach an alcove or corner so that enright can sweep back and forth with the sensor you smell something smoke field sniffs the air and coughs enright looks around nervously there must be a fire somewhere (laughs) stop (laughs) (laughs) Fire! Fire! His voice is drowned out by the alarm speaker. Suddenly, the smoke is much thicker. For the moment, you forget about the vampire as you all rush toward the salon. Keep, keep low. Inright says it's not nope, bad nope, near the that's deck. that's not the
0: voice. You got to do that what again. What got I do? Uh,
1: I don't remember what I did. there we This is the keep, point in the show where we've done so many voices. Keep, keep low. Keep, keep low. Keep low. Inright says it's not bad near the deck. Go on to the next page. (laughs) Do you want me to keep going? Yeah, keep going. You make it safely to the salon. The smoke there is not as thick, but it's getting worse. Other teams are straggling back from all parts of the ship. One man is passed out and is being carried by others. Uh, Freyberg, Freyberg voice. Uh, Report. Report, Freyberg (laughs) shouts. He coughs repeatedly. Where's the fire? Has anyone seen flames? No, just smoke, but it seems (laughs) to be everywhere, someone shouts. And it's getting bad. God. We can't hold out in this, Freyberg shouts hoarsely. Blast open the main hatch. Turn
0: to page 61. Oh my God, there's so many voices. The
1: voices upon voices. I liked it better when we were floating alone in space.
0: (laughs) All right. Three FFGs are trained on the hatch. In a surge of energy, it flies open, and you and the others gratefully stumble out into the fresh, clean air. It's not quite midnight. The moon has just risen over the trees. A whole platoon of guards moves toward you. Everyone seems confused. Did you get the vampire? What's all that smoke? Someone shouts. Commander Freyberg is sitting on the steps leading up to the Petja's hatch. He's holding his head in his hands, as if there was nothing more to be done. Shouldn't we put out? Try to put out the fire? You ask. Freyberg looks at you blankly. There is no fire. It was a smoke bomb. The vampire forced us out to open the hatch, and when we ran it, he when we ran out, he did too. How can you be sure? you ask. Freyberg motions towards a clump of tall grass near the landing pad. You gasp as you recognize Enright's shriveled body, blood trickling from his neck. The space vampire is loose on Earth, and has already claimed his first victim, Freyberg says. Who can tell what horror he will terror he will bring?
1: Man, your voice has just changed from sentence to sentence here, isn't it? It became a more a weird and more like of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little bit
0: of a little bit of a little bit of a that bit of a little bit of a little
1: I predicted it. So we got one good ending where we killed the space vampire by shooting him out an in airlock
0: into hey the man, vacuum of space. First try. First try. Good job. Yeah, no, us. That was
1: good. That as the canonical solution to the problem. And then second try. Um, what was what happened? Oh, we got sentenced to seven years uh, hard labor on Uranus, which, <laughs> eh, we're, you know, we're still alive, I guess. So I, I'll call that one a neutral ending. And then this one, we let the space vampire loose on Earth and everyone's going to die.
0: So good job everyone. So, yeah. That's a very well-rounded power. effort. Yeah,
1: it's, it sure is.
0: It sure is. I guess so what sets this book apart in the few seconds that we have together before we have to go into meta speed. Um what sets this one apart from the previous ones obviously <laughs> is the preposterous world-building that's going on. Like no one got turned into a dog, no one you know teleported through time all the weirdness was kind of laid out there to bear when the president of your school says yo there's a space vampire i need you to take care of it (laughs) and you take that directive like so intensely that you're willing to break all the rules this world is already topsy-turvy so you think you think
1: you're captain kirking it you think you're like flouting authority, but you're going to do a really good job and people will realize that you get results even though you're a loose cannon. Yes. Um, But I don't know if that's, I don't know if those are values that this society you know, is on board with. No, judging by our court martial. (laughs) (laughs) I just, the thing, it made up all these words, but then it applied them really inconsistently. Like it said kilometers once and then miles another time. It said speed once, well, but then like hyperspace another time. I mean,
0: it didn't make up kilometers and miles, Andrew. No,
1: I'm just, I'm just, that's, that's, it was inconsistent. Like, wh- how are we measuring these things?
0: Well, I know that that one capsule was as big as a luxury car or whatever.
1: Right. Yeah. That, that section was dense with, <laughs> with um comparisons to non-space things for the benefit of the, of the non-space person readers <laughs> in the audience, I guess.
0: All in all, though, this is a pretty fun one. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. I I, I liked think it I ex- better
1: than you. Yeah, I liked it better than you are a monster. What? You because you are a monster had those long stretches with no choices, and you were just kind of reading along as you turned into an elf, and then you learned French <laughs> at some person's house, and then you became like a movie star. Like it, it was a weird. It was a weird.
0: Yeah, this one had a pretty good rhythm of, you know, chapter, chapter, choice, chapter, choice, chapter, chapter, choice, you know.
1: That's a fresh beat that you were just laying down. Chapter, chapter, choice, chapter, chapter, choice, chapter, choice. Well, chapter, it was, it was, it was helped out chapter, by the fact chapter, that it focused so closely on choice, the space vampire, right? Because your single-minded devotion to destroying the space vampire just choice, consumed choice, you until you choice, ruined choice, your choice, entire choice, life. Choice, oh, my choice, God, you choice, have to stop. Jesus Christ.
0: Oh, yeah, it really benefited from the fact that there was like, I don't know, it kind of changed how we played the book, though, right? Like, it's called Space Vampire.
1: Well, in the book, yeah. We were going to make every choice choice that brought us closer to that Space Vampire. It kept trying to make us make non-Space Vampire related choices, even though I strongly suspect that the book would have bent those non-Space Vampire choices back into Space Vampire choices.
0: I would like, hope like so. Like we would
1: have we would have gone on the boring mission to that boring asteroid or whatever and then the Petya would have crashed into it and we would have had to deal with a space vampire.
0: That's a good point. That might have happened. Anyway, that was space vampire.
1: That was space vampire. If if you are a space va- if you're a space vampire or if you're serv- if you're currently serving out a prison sentence on Uranus. You can tell us about it by emailing OverduePod at gmail.com. Um, if you get internet out there, you might as well check Twitter and Facebook. You can find us on both of those services at twitter.com slash OverduePod and facebook.com slash OverduePod. Craig, if they want to find out more about the show, where can they go?
0: Uh, They could go to com. It's where you'll find back episodes of the show, Amazon links to... Uh, the books that we have read and will be reading soon, as well as links to our RSS and iTunes feed, as well as our Stitcher feed. Uh, if you use those services, uh, especially iTunes, uh, if you wanted to leave a rating or review, that's a great way for other people to find the show. It like affects all their algorithms and all that nonsense. Uh, it also is a great way to let us know what you like about the show. Uh, which is a thing that we really appreciate and we take into account as we make future ones. Thanks so much. I think that's all.
1: I think that's everything. Um, Depending on whether you support the show on Patreon or not, that's patreon.com slash o It's a good way to give us money so we can spend it on cool stuff and also on these bonus episodes that we do. Um, I don't know what episode you'll be hearing this after, so I'm not going to say what we're reading next week because time is all <laughs> relative, I guess. But... <laughs> we will be back whatever the closest monday to now is we will be back on that day and until then you should try to be happy